Welcome everyone. Thanks for joining us on Christmas Day. I hope you've had a wonderful holiday so far and have gotten to spend time uh, with the ones you love. If we uh, haven't met before, my name is Ryan and I help out with the youth and groups. And uh, you can normally find me over at the Pewaukee campus, but right now I'm probably actually still in my PJs uh, and hopefully downing at least my third cinnamon roll uh, because we recorded this prior to Christmas in order to give our staff and volunteers uh, a needed break and some time to spend with their loved ones. And so I hope today is filled with gifts and, and good food and the Packers actually remembering how to win. See, for most, Christmas uh, time is the best time of year. It's a time when we are around family and friends and opening presents and reflecting on the birth of Jesus. It's ultimately a season of great hope. We all have things that we hope for, but it doesn't always go the way we want it to. I remember growing up, I, I desperately uh, wanted a dog. Every year I would manage to slip it on my uh, wish list or, or make some comments about how I really wanted, you know, we should get one. And you know what happened? We got two cats and they were annoying. But even uh, with that, I did not let that stop me. I still held on to, to the hope that maybe one Christmas my parents would finally come to their senses and get me a dog. But year after year after year, I never once heard a bark come out of a box. And to this day, I have never owned a dog. And like, maybe like my struggles of, of hoping uh, for a dog, for many, this idea of hope around the time of Christmas can seem confusing and bring up some different emotions. Maybe for you, you wonder if Jesus' birth was, has really anything to do with you. I mean, it was like 2,000 years ago. I mean, what is that hope and all the fuss about anyways? Or maybe for you, you've held on to this hope of experiencing and knowing God. It has been so long and you haven't felt anything and your hope is dwindling. Or maybe for you, you have found yourself in a dark situation and the idea of hope seems so far removed from reality. And if that's how you feel today, that you feel like maybe uh, you rationally believe in God, but emotionally and spiritually you don't feel or understand it. I want to say that I get it and that you are not alone. In fact, that is what I want to talk uh, a little bit about today. What I want to do, uh, what to do when we are struggling to hold on to the hope of Christmas. See, I actually think uh, it's exactly how Christmas came to be. We have been talking the past couple of weeks about different characters in the Christmas story and learning to find peace. And so I want to start uh, with the story of the angel coming to Joseph, because I think he and Mary are really the first people to, to actually wrestle with the implications of the hope of Christmas. Matthew tells of this situation. Jesus' mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, uh, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. See, right there we see Joseph wrestling with what to do. He finds himself confused and unsure of how to handle this strange situation. For him, Mary uh, being pregnant did not seem like good news. It was the exact opposite of what he had ever um, dreamed of or wanted. But let's read on. But after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. 
and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because uh, what, she is, what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. See, before Jesus was ever even born, an angel of the Lord tells uh, a Joseph of this wonderful thing that's going to happen, right? That God will be with us in the flesh. This is uh, the hope of all of Israel that they've been waiting for for thousands of years, a Messiah that would save them. And while this is the good news, there's another side to the rest of this story that I don't think we often think about. Many people uh, there in Bethlehem knew that this baby meant that God was finally fully with them. But for a second, I want you to put yourself in their shoes. Right, the wise men, they traveled hundreds of miles uh, to present expensive gifts to this baby. And then what? They traveled hundreds of miles back home and probably didn't hear about Jesus for the rest of their lives. I wonder if they thought they must have gotten it wrong. Or take Joseph. He was told that uh, he was to father the living Christ. Yet for years, he simply had to raise Jesus just as any uh, father would. He had to teach him to be a, a carpenter. It's actually likely that Joseph passed before Jesus ever started his ministry. And I have to wonder if he died with a great hope or a great confusion. And then there's Mary. A couple of weeks ago, Ben talked about how Mary uh, was told that she uh, was giving birth to the Son of God. Yet for years, she dealt with the struggles of sleepless nights and exhaustion and anxiety of motherhood. See, they all believed that this child was significant, someone to hope for. Yet after 29 years of Jesus simply doing his thing as a boy and then as a carpenter, I wonder if any of them started to doubt, to feel like, geez, uh, maybe that angel visit was just a fever dream because this child uh, who is now a carpenter isn't quite what they imagined as Emmanuel, as God with them. He was supposed to be this great and wonderful king uh, that uh, took down the Roman Empire. And what they got was someone that spent his days building mud houses. Maybe that's how you feel. Maybe you feel like all you have been doing is hoping and waiting, yet nothing seems to happen. That's a hard place to be in. And I think something that might help us is a little uh, reframing. See, what most Christians don't realize is that Christmas is only the start of the good news. Jesus uh, being born is only the beginning, the hope that God is with us. And so today, uh, I want to suggest this one idea, that the best way to notice God being with us is for us to be with God. And so you might be asking, okay, that sounds good, but how do we actually do that? How, how, how do we uh, actually be with God? 
Well, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Ben shared a quote from uh, a famous philosopher by the name of Soren Kierkegaard. And I think he answers this question. He says, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. Life can only be understood backwards. See, that I think is the key right there. I believe one of the most effective ways uh, is by simply taking time for reflection. In fact, look at what the prophet Jeremiah in the book of Lamentations says. Let us examine and probe our ways and let us return to the Lord. See right there, Jeremiah is suggesting that it's in our reflection that we are able to return to the Lord, that we are able to see how God may have actually been uh, with us without us ever realizing it. This idea uh, makes me think of one of my favorite movies, Interstellar. It's a complicated uh, movie, but it really boils down uh, to being about a father who has to leave uh, his daughter in order to go on an important mission. And the daughter grows up with this weird sense of abandonment. And it's not until the very end of the movie, spoiler alert, when she looks back and uh, reflects on her life that she realizes that her father had actually left little signs and messages and hints in order to guide her and be with her along the way. And I remember seeing it in theaters and being so amazed and, and mind-bended that I had to uh, see it again. In fact, I think I watched it in theaters three times and was amazed at how much I, just like the daughter, never picked up on any of it the first time through. See, it was only when I reflected and rewatched the movie that I was able to see how really all along the father had been guiding his daughter without her ever knowing. And it was just in a different way than she and me as the person watching were expecting. But again, it was only once the daughter took time to reflect on everything she had experienced that she was able to realize her father was at work. And I think the same exact thing is true with our relationship with God. I truly believe that God is constantly at work in the world, guiding people and drawing us close to him. We just need the eyes to see it. And we develop uh, those eyes when we create a rhythm of reflection. See, we notice God's presence, right? Emmanuel, God with us, when we reflect on what God has done in our lives, right? It's us with God. And I want us to actually try this, to, to practice and live this out. So here is what I want us to do next. I want to take the next couple of minutes to lead you in a guided reflection on this past year. How it will work is I will pose a question and I want you to take a few minutes and discuss with those around you or if you're alone, simply write, uh, write it down on a piece of paper and answer each question. You can take all the time you need for this, so feel free to pause this video uh, if you want. And if you feel like this is maybe out of your comfort zone, uh, that's totally normal. But I also really believe uh, that, that when we are able to reflect on these things, we might better see how God has been working all along. So the first question is, uh, when did you experience true joy this year? When did you have a deep feeling of joy and contentment? How might God have been working in that situation? Take a couple minutes and reflect on that.
On the contrary now, when did you experience deep sorrow? When did heartbreak and loss or pain get the best of you? How did you get through it? Who was there alongside you? How might God have been working in the darkest of times? The third question is when you reflect on the past year, what are you most grateful for? Why is that? How, how can you let this gratitude form uh, you going forward? The fourth reflection question is, where have I seen something amazing? Where in your life have you seen God working? Or maybe who in your life has shown you a sliver of God's love through their actions? I hope this reflection was beneficial for you. And as we close out this year and look to the next, I wanna encourage you to regularly take time to answer these questions. Maybe it's once a week, maybe uh, once a month or every couple of months, whatever it is. I hope you create a rhythm of reflection in your life. Because I believe that when we do, we're able to see a God that is there with us in the good times and in the bad. And so as we wrap up our time together, I want to end a little differently than we normally do. I want to end with a blessing that comes from the book of Numbers. So may God bless you and keep you. May God smile on you and be gracious to you. May God turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.